Welcome to the first story time Friday. And uh, when I was giving people examples of what we're going to do with this whole new platform, we're having several different podcasts in the week. I, I kept coming up with examples for story time, talking about how we can talk about this and we can talk about that. But the one example I, I seem to always use was the how did Portage, Wisconsin get its name? So I actually dove in a little deeper with the word Portage. And believe it or not, we still, in a way, use Portages. But going back, the word Portage uh, is actually from the French, and it meant to port your belongings. And then eventually, through Middle Ages and all that, it's been transformed into Portage. A lot of our language has transferred over the years. My dad always used to tell us that, you know, early English, you wouldn't understand a word. Middle English, you'd pick up, you know, a little bit. And then today, obviously, that we would uh, understand all of it. So Portage, the actual word as we know it today, would mean uh, something to recreation almost. So like if you do go to the Boundary Waters or something like that, your laid out route is going to involve paddling to a spot and portaging, which means to, you know, throw your canoe on your shoulders, a backpack on your back, and you bring all your belongings to the next water. But 400 years ago, uh, the French uh, really started mixing in with the Native American tribes. And talking to the native american tribes native americans have been doing this well they can go back about ten thousand years in the u.s maybe a little earlier than that and but portaging is a very old way of doing things and realistically nothing's changed too much and i'll get into that in a bit for thousands of years people have been oh okay i'm done with this body of water i'm going to move over to that one and it was a very important thing people actually had techniques down to make it easier and they knew what to pack to make it easier but this all started with fur trades and trading of any kind that they needed Starting in those times, you had a couple methods of transportation. So you either went by foot, your own power by foot, maybe a horse, maybe a horse and carriage, and then water. Those were kind of your main ways of really covering ground. And obviously, the easiest way, if you ask me, would probably be to be on water. If you can get a flowing river, unless you have to work against it, with half of the time on a portage, you will. You know, one half goes this way, one half goes that way. So you're going to be working against the current. But they had systems for this. They had guys in boats that can row, and they had boats that were transportable. So going back, the French, the French, when they first really started coming up uh, and actually exploring the U.S., was mostly done by rivers. Sure, they walked and they did all that, but realistically, they found waterways that can transport them between different sections, and they were able to explore a lot quicker, and it was a lot easier on them. They can actually carry more. They were just at the portage more. So I want to get into the very main one here. So I researched as much about Portage Towns as I could. And the most important one, really, that has a real history is Portage, Wisconsin. So you may know Portage, Wisconsin. If you're driving down the highway, you'll see Cascade Mountain on the one end. That's all the Portage area. So Portage, Wisconsin lies between Fox and the Wisconsin Rivers. And one flows south. So this is one thing I read and uh, a couple of different sources I have. I'll put them in the description. One flows south and one flows north. That's not really true. The fox flows uh, out of the tip of Green Bay and then heads down towards the Mississippi. But first it goes all the way through Illinois and then to the Mississippi. And then the Wisconsin River, I'm not exactly sure the headwaters of that now that I'm recording this actually. But that does flow and it goes out uh, western Wisconsin into the Mississippi River as well. But the two rivers come pretty close there. So people used to travel up either the Fox or the Wisconsin and then portage over to the next one and then keep going. Um, Father Jacques Marquette, I think is how you'd say that, and Louis Joliet, which if you live in my area, Louis Joliet's kind of a big deal where everything's named after him. 
were the first known white men on June 14th in 1673. They were uh, touching base with Native American tribes. Uh, the Winnebago's were up there, and their original name. They were comparing, like, hey, how do we how do we go about this? How do we switch waters? And the Winnebago name was actually called the Wawa Ona, which meant carry on the shoulder. So even Native American tribes for thousands of years say, hey, you get to this spot, and you're gonna Wawa Ona over to the next one. So you're gonna carry all your stuff on your shoulder, and you're gonna keep going. Then there's uh, there is a Portage, Indiana. So I looked into this, and it actually said uh, Joliet and Marquette may have traveled here before it was a town portage indiana i forget i don't have the date written down here was uh kind of like a, they incorporated the town like it was recent 50s 60s but the portage township was created on in 1836 but was previously known as the 20 mile prairie three towns actually came together to come up with uh portage indiana it was called Garyton, Crisman, and mccool it was known as a farming community until the arrival of steel mills and railroads and people seeking work during the Depression. The chief's name of the Potawatomi tribe there was Leopold Pogamon, Kopo Pokagon. Uh, and he actually encouraged the Native Americans, hey, sell these people the land, sell these people the land. And uh, that way, you know, we'll make money and we can do our own thing. We can put them where we want. So sell, sell your land. Don't be too greedy with it. I'm reading the history of the town and that's all well and great. But I was like, well, how did they get the name Portage? And it's very loose, actually. It was named for water flowing from the Valparaiso Moraine flowing to the Mississippi south of town and flowing north to the St. Lawrence north of town. So the right there is not far from Lake Michigan. You can get Lake Michigan and you can obviously you can get to every one of uh, the Whistle Mission states. But that's kind of how but they chose the name Portage later on. I, I think a lot of people like the name Portage. It is a historical name. It's been used for thousands of years. So I, I think that's how Portage, Indiana really got their name later on in life. They did all this stuff for thousands of years before they decided to name it in the 20th century. Michigan actually has a portage, and man, I scoured the internet, and I could not find why it was port named portage, so I actually, uh, I zoomed out on a map, and I was looking, there's no main river systems that connect to where you can actually portage and like, create a fur trade, and then it turns out the town was actually created recently, about at the same time that portage Indiana came around. The only thing Portage, uh, Michigan is really known for is it's really great swampy land for celery farming. And that's about it. So when you're looking at Portage, Michigan, I think it was just an old-timey name that sounds nice, and they, so they named it that. That's all I can really get off the Internet on Portage, Michigan. And I've looked. I've looked on the government websites and, you know, private sites and all that stuff. So, And in Illinois, there's not actually a Illinois Portage. So there's no town named Portage. But in the city of Chicago off of 31st Street, there was uh, what they would call the main Chicago Portage. And at the time, you'd portage from Lake Michigan into what was then the I&M Canal that uh, was dug. It was finished by nine, uh, 1848, sorry. It was finished in 1848. So Illinois does have a portage, not a town named after it because it's right in the middle of Chicago. But the I&M Canal, and for those of you who don't know what I&M stands for, it's the Illinois and Michigan Canal. So going back to Wisconsin, uh, they portaged over this one for hundreds of years. The, the white people portaged over them for hundreds of years. The Native Americans were thousands of years. So they actually dug. They finally said, you know what, carrying this is kind of this is kind of hard on us. You know, can we make an easier way? So they actually dug a canal uh, between the two. And business was okay. So they were flowing boats in between there to get to all the different areas. But 1951, due to railroads and more modern things, they closed the canal down. And they literally closed it down for the, the term of lack of use. 
So I want to get into Portage as of today. So obviously, we have high-speed cars, we have airplanes, we have all this. And technically, if you ask me, we still kind of use the word Portage. So if I give you directions coming, uh, coming down to my house, I would tell you, you know, head down, you know, wherever you're at, I-90 to 290 and verge south on the 290 and then south on the 355. And in a way, that's still considered a portage. We still use a portage today. It's a ramp that we get to drive on, but it's the same thing. We're changing from this main way to this main way. So it's actually still considered a portage. Portage, if you will. Portaging really came at an end when it came to railroads. So once they developed the main railroad system that we know and love today, that you get to wait for at the worst possible times, um, there was really no reason to go by water. There was there was really no reason to go by water because we'll just we'll put on a big car and we'll put this thing down the tracks exactly where we want it to go, and it's a lot less work. So railroads really was the first major way of transportation that the Europeans came up with to tra travel cross country. And that way they said, Hey, while you're traveling there, throw this, uh, shipment of furs or whatever we, you know, they have. So the railroads were actually the first one to really kill off the portage. I got to imagine, uh, they weren't sad at the time to see it go, even though it's kind of an old timey way to go. Now I have to imagine at the time they're like, this is great. No more carrying boats on their shoulders or dragging them through the mud and trying to paddle up river. And so that's that's like the real killer of it. And then obviously moving forward, we have, you know, we had the railroad from a couple hundred years ago, and now cars, trucks. I mean, look at look at how efficient something like Amazon can be to transport those products that they used to have to go by boat and carry on their shoulders to get to where they were going. So I originally was thinking how like uh, you know this was uh, going to be a history of Portage, Wisconsin, and then I, I really got I really got hung up on the word Portage and how important it was. I've actually portaged when I fished, and it was actually it was a very convenient way to go. And so the story goes: we were on a lake up north, and it was large, full of islands. And we want to get behind this one island, but the only entrance was on the other side of the island. It was another probably two mile paddle to get to the entrance that you would normally by a speedboat. And looking on the GPS uh, that I actually had in my canoe at the time, I'm like, man, there's just this little sliver of land. Why don't we save ourselves a paddle, and we'll just portage over this little slit of land? So we did. There were three of us. We got out, and uh, I'm sure when we review this with Bushlight Billy, he'll recall the story too. But we uh, we got out, and we carried each one of ours, launched it off the other side, and bam, we were in this back bay that we, we thought was going to take us another couple hours to get to, hour two hours to get to, and you're a little more wore out. But this way, we actually just shimmied up over the island, and bam, we were right where we wanted to be, early earlier than we expected and less tired when we got there. And then later on, we found another lake that we portaged into. I see this blob of water that's not charted on the gps i'm like let's try and get to this so we paddle up to the shore and it was a little bit longer of a walk not much longer it's it just a few hundred feet and we drop in and believe it or not i actually got chased by a family of uh otters and little did i know at that time bush like billy told me about this later otters can be very dangerous and i had a school of them chasing me and they were actually barking at me like dogs and so we of course we went down a rabbit hole after that we uh after portaging into that with these otters, I'm, I'm Googling in Florida, some lady got mauled by a bunch of otters. And so portaging could actually be, you know, when you don't know where you're going, I guess it could end up being a little dangerous. And of course, there's always the risk for injury. But portaging, uh, to this day, I mean, realistically, you think of a boat launch. A boat launch is a modern version of a portage. You took a boat from this spot and you brought it to this spot and you got it on this new body of water. It's a modern version of portaging. There's no way about it. We still portage in a very, very modern way. We still use portage. But 
with such a historical sense of like uh, we were able to thrive in these areas based on the ability to portage. They've actually named towns after them. That is how Portage, Wisconsin got its name. It was the main, main portage. And uh, it was used as a landmark. They didn't even really think of the town name until later on. They were saying, when you get to this spot, you're going to portage. And so they did. And, you know, a few hundred years later, here we are with the name of the town. So that is the uh, that is the beginning of story time. And after talking to Bushlight Billy, he wants to do more folklore with this. So I will have a folklore story. I already have it all thought out. Not going to tell you how dark it's going to be, but uh, it is a little folklore story, and he's also going to help spearhead this. And you never know, each week you don't know who's going to do the story time. I had to lead the way, you know, spear, you know, tip of the spear type stuff. So this is uh, this is the, the Portage Edition. And thanks for listening, and see you next week for more story time and folklore.